Welcome, everybody, to the Moneyline Madness Podcast, episode 34. I'm Andy B. I'm here with Matt. How we doing, Matt? I'm feeling good. A little post-Memorial Day weekend, you know, a little bit of that Jersey Shore hangover, but we're rocking and we're ready to <laughs> ready to win some money, bro. I'm ready to come back and just absolutely rip these boogies. So, yeah. let's get it. I hope everybody enjoyed their weekend and looking outside, I know everybody wish it went another day because it is hot out. You live down yeah. by the shore, so I'm sure you'll be able to go down there if you'd like to. I, I'm still a little far away, so uh, not going to be uh, going. I went this weekend. It was very fun. So, uh Gotta love live. That's the one perk to living in New Jersey. You've got many choices as to where you want to go. And, Absolutely, uh, summer's summer right. something special. And oh, speaking yeah. of something special, I mean, yeah, I, I see the smile on your face right now because <laughs> you know it's about to come up. We're talking Boston Celtics. We're talking Game Seven victory on the road. How does that? How does that make you feel, man? Because oh. I, I saw a statistic only, like I think it was twenty two percent of road teams win that game seven. So you guys are a very small statistic and the Celtics found a way to pull that one out. Yeah, they did not make it easy. They tried to make it, they tried to let it go. Jimmy took a shot that I know a lot of people have questioned. I personally think it was the best shot. You're never going to get a cleaner look than that. So in that situation, but yeah, they, they played a very up and down throughout the, the second half of the game, but and hats off to them. I mean, we we saw when we started this podcast in January. I mean, this team was dead. I mean, the, the the truth is, is like our first episode. I looked back; it was the day that R.J. Barrett uh, hit a buzzer beater over Jason <laughs> Tatum. And from that moment on, everybody was like, "Oh, well, this team's dead." But I think I actually made somewhat of a joke about that, like how we we gave you guys life and <laughs> just be yeah. because of that buzzer beater. Like ever since then, like you guys have just been on an absolute rampage. Yeah. And I agree. I don't think Jimmy would have gotten a better shot than that. He's got to be the one to take the last shot on that team. Um, you're not handing the ball over to Struess or Tucker to, you know, take a last yeah. second three. And let's acknowledge that your homeboy Tyler from South Beach wasn't even on the court to close out that game. Very interesting, considering they're going to ex- be expecting to open up their pockets and have to pay this guy. Yeah, homeboy Tyler was clearly not himself. I mean, really in this series, even when he was healthy, he did not make a very big impact against the Celtics. He he's a he's a good player, and he he you can see what he does. He does he's a good shot creator, but man, I mean the the more questionable part is Kyle Lowry. I mean, I don't know how healthy he was, but he did not like. His game is annoying enough, but when he's not healthy, he gets fully into trying to draw fouls, trying to not foul, but still really tough defense. But I don't know how healthy he was, but he didn't look good. And for the Heat, really, what do you do at this point? I know Embiid tweeted the other day, they need another star. I don't think they have cap space for another star, right? They're paying yeah. Kyle Lowry like yeah. over $20 and million dollars next They're year. giving Lowry the bag, dude. And I don't think anybody... I don't think they have assets like that that are that attractive to any team Tyler like Hero, that. but I don't think that's, they want to trade really him. That's really it. And honestly, after that playoffs, like his stock probably, even though he was a little bit injured, his stock definitely takes a dip. Being that yeah. you know he was expected to come in and be the number two guy to Jimmy, he was the sixth man of the year. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason that he should be coming out and he shouldn't be closing the game, let alone getting seven total minutes in a game seven. Yeah, that is just that's unreal, bro. He attempted two shots. 
I feel like that's just inexcusable. Yeah, and I remember one of them. They were not. It was not a good shot. One of them, he took a corner three where he was off balance. I mean, dude, you have you have leg problems right now. You have a groin problem. Why are you taking an off balance three? That had yeah. to be painful. But yeah, it yeah. Make I mean, sense. we don't want to talk about the Heat that much. They're they're done. But ha- uh, hats off to them because they are a very good team, and they they were the one seed. So you got to give them that. They they fought for the one seed. They wanted it. I mean. I guess it kind of helped them. They were lucky that the Nets kind of fell into the seventh seed because I have a feeling if the Nets and Heat played, probably wouldn't have been talking about the Heat right now. Yeah. So, um, but so, yeah, no, I yeah. I think it it is what it is. The Heat were a good team, but I'd never thought that they were good enough to get over that hump. I no. thought the Celtics were always a little bit better, and the only difference was that the Heat had that closer that they could turn to in that last second spot and that was jimmy butler and that's that was the whole narrative is that like the celtics are a good team but who's gonna take that last shot and close it out for him finally we saw i know we've talked about it a bunch on here on most sports tv jason tatum closed out the heat and he hit that dagger three that i know that just gave you butterflies and just chills down your spine it, well i realized this weekend that i've kind of been watching the games a little so nervous that i'm like i'm not screaming after shots made the one that i did scream about did you see the the inbound pass that he faked butler out butler's going this way tatum's going this way and he sinks that that's the moment i thought oh wow we might actually be going to the finals right now because tatum looked like a closer and and they've been waiting for that in a clutch series he was the closer against milwaukee scored 46 points to keep him alive so he 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 proved himself, and like I said, I said he's a top ten player. You can base that off talent, but you now can base that off he's a pretty pretty damn clutch. So I I really like the player he's becoming. And how could you not be? I mean, how could you not be happy for Al Horford either when you see him on the floor? I mean, that was that's Big years Al. and years of experience just waiting for it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's Very a awesome. veteran presence right there, and. I mean, it tells you by itself, like, the type of guy Al, Al Horford is. You look at the stat sheet, he's five points, but he's pulling in 14 rebounds for you guys. You know, he's coming in, and he's a he's the highest plus-minus at plus 10 out of all the starters. So he's coming in, and he's being that veteran that you guys need. And those types of guys win you championships. And it's going to be really interesting, a matchup with the Warriors. Obviously, the Warriors are a powerhouse, and they would scare anybody in the league. But I think that if there was another team to give them somewhat of a run for their money, it could be you guys. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. What do you think is going to be the biggest key for Boston to have a good series against Golden State? Well, there's a few, but the main one is they got to stop turning the ball over. I mean, the Warriors are really good at forcing turnovers, and the Celtics are really good at making dumb turnovers. So, And that's a lot on Jalen and Jason. That's not... That's not when Derek White comes in the game, he turns it. No, that, that's on your two best players. They're the ones turning the ball Absolutely. over. I don't know if you saw the stat before the game. I think they had combined in the last, I want to say it was the two games prior, or in the losses or something, It was they had like combined 38 turnovers. Like The two of them, like that that can't happen. I'm sorry. That's how you lose series. So when they don't turn the ball over, they were winning these games relatively easily. They outplayed the Heat in almost every game, but... Right. You got to be able to hold on to the ball. And for Al Horford, hit your threes. <laughs> he was not hitting them the other day. I mean, I know you said he had five points, one for six from three. He's gonna need yeah. to hit some threes against the 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 Warriors because you're gonna the as as good as a team the Celtics are, they're gonna have to get a little lucky because I don't know how healthy Rob Williams is after he really didn't play much in Game Seven. If you're playing 15 minutes at a Game Seven, I don't think you're very healthy. And um, but uh. 
that that is that'll be important too when Gavon Looney's on the floor. So there's a lot of keys, but the main one for me is going to be turning the ball over. That that yeah, just can't I, happen. I think you guys really need to limit how much you're allowing Jalen Brown to run the point guard situation. Yeah. Because bro, eight turnovers in game seven that could lose you the game right there. Just himself, like it's inexcusable. Or I'm sorry, four turnovers. I was looking at his plus minus. Uh, four turnovers in a game seven could lose you like that game. Seriously, especially, you know, we saw with that, uh, the series against the Bucks, the whole uh, Marcus Smart, the steals, the Drew Holiday, that type of thing. Like untimely turnovers can cost you, especially against a team like the Warriors that make every single bucket count. It could get real scary if you start turning the ball over quick. And being that you guys don't have that same point guard that you could just turn to when he could hold the ball. Like I, I know that, uh, Jimmy Butler runs the offense and he's primarily the point guard for Miami. You obviously Steph Curry is running the offense, but you guys don't have that same guy with the rope per se that can uh, really yeah. dish the rock the way that these other guys can. So I think a lot of that is going to fall on Ime. And if he could find a way to manipulate your offense again in a way that could kind of deceive the Warriors with your point guard play you guys are going to have a really good shot. But it, yeah. that's going to be the most interesting to me as well is definitely the turnovers and Jalen Brown in general. Yeah, 10 turnovers in the two six and, game six and seven combined for Jalen Brown. That that can't happen against against Golden State. And I don't know who, who's going to be guarding him. I'm sure it's going to be Wiggins. Do you think Wiggins guards Tatum? Or do you think Green I think Wiggins guards Tatum. Guards Tatum. So, you think, so you think Green gets uh, bro, Brown? Honestly. Geez, well, Green dude, can tough. literally guard anybody. That's the thing. Yeah, I think they I think they'll have Wiggins on Tatum and then Clay on Brown for right now. Clay on Brown. And then Draymond, he'll be with Allen the paint, but I think they're going to use him as a double team more often than not being yeah. at the Warriors cuz the Warriors love to run and just they run do. around. You know, they're constantly off ball like I I mean on defense in this case, but they're constantly off the ball running yeah. around worried about their assignments. So they're it's it's scary, man. I'm I really like this Warriors team, and I'm trying not to just hop on the bandwagon because I think that the Celtics are great as well, but the Warriors just have this like glow to them right now that's just so yeah. scary. Yeah. The worst part of that little run that the Heat went on is the Celtics were forced to have other guys shoot. They were doubling Tatum and they did a really good job of it. And they were passing the ball to Horford. They were having to pass the ball to Jalen. Marcus Smart had to take some odd shots and they weren't hitting them all. So that kind of showed the Warriors like, hey, if we double Tatum or if we play really tight defense on Tatum, which they can do because everybody on that team is a, a good defender too. They talked about it all series for Boston, how everybody was a great defender. Everybody on Golden State's a pretty good defender too. You're not, you know, Curry's not going to be um, a lesser defender. He's going to be guarding a guy who doesn't score at at ease he's guarding Marcus yeah. Smart probably so it's not like he's gonna be one to worry about it's not like he's guarding Kyrie Irving back in 2016 like so this is yeah, the type I of thing that consider, I wouldn't even consider Curry a liability <laughs> anymore on defense truthfully. yeah I know it's not I guess he's bad. a little bit better he's he's not a liability but he's not like you know the Celtics every all five guys you look at when Rob is in the lineup when Rob not when not when uh, Grant Williams. I love Grant Williams' defense, but he's not an elite defender. But everybody on the Celtics can be considered somewhat elite at defense. Curry's just not elite. Everybody else in that on that team is though, and that's how that's how you win. I know it's a cliche that we all get tired of defense wins championships. 
if it wasn't for the uh, the Heat's defense, they wouldn't have been in the series. If it wasn't for the Celtics' defense, they wouldn't be here. So, defense absolutely definitely does, man. You look at the past like couple uh, champ NBA Finals, NBA championships. It's all teams that have a very big defensive presence, and they've gotten there off of their defense. So I don't understand like some of these teams that are bringing in coaches for their offensive mindsets when you see the success that defensive systems are having in the NBA. It just seems like if you really want to win, you get the defense and you worry about the offense second because you could outscore guys, you know, on a night in night out thing, but defense is something that is going to be there constantly. And if you could control that side of the ball, that's uh, obviously 50% of the game. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I feel like this is going to be the most aesthetically pleasing uh, NBA Finals to watch. These two colors together, like I think SportsCenter put out the the, the graphic. It's going to look really nice. Both stadiums yeah. are going to look really nice to see. So yeah, that's no, very it's exciting, exciting, dude. I'm very hyped. And uh, we also, in case you are not familiar, we were going to be posting our plays. We're going to be coming with another episode of Moneyline Madness come Thursday, keeping you updated on every way to make some money in these finals games because we're getting the last few drops out of this NBA season before it's just uh, some baseball bets for good. So yeah. we will be there. Don't forget to follow us. Like I said, at ML madness pod, Twitter, Instagram, all the above drop a follow for the boys. Yeah. In July, we'll have a lot of other topics to talk about, but in terms of bets, the only ones we'll probably have to give you is, is baseball. So is baseball picks, but mm. Yeah, I feel like our base our baseball picks have been hitting pretty oh, nicely, dude. We talked about oh, yeah. that uh, that one clip of me picking the Yankees, hammering that home. They ended up putting up eleven runs that game, so we cashed out pretty big time there. Um, I know you've been having some Mets picks that are just rocking socks off. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep riding with that. <laughs> yeah, we were at the I was at the Mets game the other day, and we're in left field. Well, we were sitting in like left center, and my friend had bet Mark Canada to get two hits. And he had twenty dollars on it to win fifty. So he was screaming at Mark Canna before the before the eighth inning because Mark needed one more hit. He was screaming at him, "I need you to get a hit! I need you to get a hit!" And uh, Mark looked over at him like he was a psychopath. But um, I don't know how players feel about that. To be honest with you, you think they would be upset by that? I don't or know. not they, upset? I it's guess, a it's a it's a it's a love hate. Yeah, it is because it's part of it's part of the job. You know, you're a big now time. It is. It now uh, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. A, it wasn't a for a long base. time. <laughs> That's interesting. Your big face, so definitely. All right, I'm coming in hot. I got some MLB picks for today. Oh yeah, I'm ready to make the people some money. If you are, and I'm gonna let oh, yeah. you keep your uh, the one pick that we share similarly. I'll t- I'll take my side. You could take your side of the the New York. Ball. Oh, the one. That, well, we have. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I got the Mets minus one and a half. I don't know if you saw them this weekend. They're the best team in baseball. Plain and simple. Um, they are. They are hitting. That's the more impressive part. They're pitching. I was going to say, they're scored runs, and they got you talking a little greasy now, huh? They got me a little crazy. Yeah, well, I got to say, Francisco Lindor's hot. I mean, he's getting RBI. I think he's got, what, like 40 RBIs already? He's hitting 260? That's special. He's having a special season. So the way that they're playing right now, I don't think the Nationals are going to be the ones to stop the hot streak. That's for sure. Uh, They swept Philly. Philly's terrible. Washington's really bad. They have no bullpen tonight because they used They literally throw it. Patrick Corbin just hoping for the best. It's so bad, dude. It's, yeah, it's, I feel it's, bad it's, for the guy. Yeah, they're they're a bad team. So at plus 104, I'm very surprised that that's plus money. But yeah, um, for the next two, uh, two days, I would probably 
go on the Mets, but the next time we have an episode, I will be very cautious about picking the Mets because they'll be playing the Dodgers. So we'll see how that goes. But for That's tonight, be a great series, dude. They have a stretch where they play the Dodgers, Padres, Angels, and then Brewers. I mean, that is so. Yeah, as much as I said they're the stretch. best team in baseball, we're gonna find out. So. Yeah, tonight, Mets minus one and a half at home against the Nationals. I like that, dude. The Nationals definitely are stinking it up. And right now, for if you're the Mets, you just got to keep beating up on the bad teams while you're uh, while you're ahead, especially before that stretch comes. So I'm going on the other side of New York, and I'm going with the Yankees tonight. They're playing the Angels, and... Guess who's on the mound? I know. Yeah, you I know. This is it. this is what attached me to it. This is what attracted yep. me to it. That's why I have absolutely this one. Noah Syndergaard. You're basically ex girlfriend on the mound at this point, and yeah. we're hoping for him to get shit on. Truthfully, oh, yeah. we're coming oh, for yeah. his neck tonight. He's a absolutely. fastball. He's a fastball pitcher. He's in Yankee Stadium. We're putting up ten runs on him. I don't give a shit, I mean, dude. This is He's a fastball pitcher who's been hitting 93 consistently. I mean, where, what exactly, is he? Bro. Exactly, Exactly. Eventually, it's going to catch up to him, I would think. So, and this is the team to do it. The Yankees' offense is, while injured, there's some injuries, no Stanton, you know, blah blah blah. This is the team to kind of have him get his his uh. Ass kicked, if you will. But uh, he's also in line to start against the Mets. That will be fun. He's in line to start Friday because he's starting today, and then he can go Sunday. Yeah, so that'll be fun too. But for uh, for the Yankees, tough to say they're not the best team in baseball either. They are very, they are, you know, they're by record they are thirty three and fifteen. They played two less games than the Dodgers and Mets, but man, they're really good too. It's tough not to like them, although they did split with Tampa Bay on the road. It's very um like I don't know. The Angels are a team that's they're good, but they're not convincing me that they're anything legitimate yet. You know, like that's the difference is that like if they would have to make one or two more acquisitions to really prove that they're going to make that next step. But for right now, they're playing well enough to keep their head above water. But unfortunately, we're going to have to pack little Noah out tonight. And he's going to be taking his fastball definitely short porch multiple times. A couple times. He's at a 308 ERA and you guys have Jordan Montgomery on the mound. It's pretty even pitching matchup, to be honest with you right now. And uh, yeah, like you said, the Angels there, the Angels are a good team, but they do not strike me as a team that's going to win that division i Absolutely. still think the astros are going to come back and win that division so they they should and you know baseball that's just a thing with the time give it some time we'll talk about this you know post all-star break and i'm sure the scene will be shaken up a little bit oh absolutely all right i got i got this pick and you're coming on the other side of it i know it's it's getting a little uh a little debatable here but i'm going with the diamondbacks money line at plus 138 and Here's why, right? The Braves are on a skid of just their ass. They're truthfully ass. Ronald Acuna Jr., not only has he not looked the same since he came back from his injury, but now he is hurt again. And I think we talked about this last week, uh, the fact that they're expecting Charlie Morton to come out and be like somewhat of an ace for their team. And it's yeah. it's gross product, bro. It is disgusting, yeah. disgusting product. The only thing that is keeping me thinking about the Braves and how they're they could be a legitimate team is the fact that they strike out actually oh no I'm I'm wrong actually they actually strike out right now the most out of the past uh in the past three games they strike out the most in the MLB 
And yeah. along with 2022 in general, they're striking out the most. Yeah. By a decent, by about half a strikeout too. So yeah. we're gonna. Just, uh, I don't know, man. We were talking about it, and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe he's onto something with the Braves. But after seeing that again, I'm really hammering home this plus one thirty-eight. I think, dude. I just don't think Charlie Morton is it. Yeah, I, 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 the reason I'm on the other side of this is more of a this has to stop. Like, if the Braves hadn't won the World Series, I don't think anybody would have any confidence that they can make the playoffs. But they t- they've taken World Series hangover and put it on steroids. They've looked really bad. But but in this game, coming off a loss to this team, Charlie Morton, while his ERA looks terrible, his whip isn't great, he has that type of anytime, anywhere, he can come out and have a great game. And I think against a lineup that is does not score very much in the Diamondbacks, that that could be something that maybe sparks him. So I think... Maybe more on the money line part, but I have the run line for the Braves. But, I mean, they can't afford to keep losing these games. They're, I don't know if you saw it. They're nine and a half out, and it's not even June yet. So that is extremely – that's the second-place team in the NL East, too. That is extremely concerning. It's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting product. But the thing that really scares me about that is being that, like, we say, you know, they, a lot of these games don't end in one run. But expecting the Braves to win by two right now just seems like i am asking for the world like i feel like i'd have better luck you know going to my local exxon and seeing if they could drop it to two dollars a gallon real quick like <laughs> i it's don't think really that neither of those luck on that seem to be happening bro <laughs> like it's really getting bad out here in these streets and i don't mean for my gas prices i mean for the braves <laughs> gas is, prices too <laughs> gas prices too but god damn atlanta let's get it together yeah, i mean they, do they need fell to get off together. They fell off so hard since last year, bro, between the Hawks and the Braves. This is this is getting bad. Uh, Falcons um, I, aren't going to be much better. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. I have another one. Um, I know that these are more analytical, I guess you could say. And I know that we're known for our uh, run line kind of picks over here at Moneyline Madness. But tonight... I've been doing some research, and I absolutely love both of these unders. I'm going Blake Snell, under five and a half strikeouts against the Cardinals. Um, let's not forget that Blake Snell was hurt, and he, he this is technically only, what, his third start back in the rotation. So I'm not expecting you know any eight-inning performance out of him. And then on top of that, uh, the Cardinals don't really strike out like that. Um, they're actually the lowest, the second lowest in the league right now at 7.2 strikeouts a game. And Blake Snell, I mean, I don't know. I'm not convinced on him being that guy just yet in the National League. Um, I need to see a little bit of a run of dominance and less injuries if he wants to be anything like that Tampa Bay type of character again. So five and a half strikeouts, that definitely feels like a good number to me. Um, I could see him kind of really only going four or five innings in this game. Cardinals are a good team. They're hot right now. And like you said, it seems like a lot of these teams in the National League, the Cardinals, the Mets, they're looking to jump on the fact that some of these other teams are slacking off a little bit, like the Padres, like the Braves. So I'm expecting uh, the Cardinals to come out and not only win this game, but to also get that Blake Snell under. Yeah, I, you hit it on the head. I mean, he 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 has 12 strikeouts. So he's averaging six per game which is why the numbers on that this is his third start but the cardinals don't strike out you're not going to strike them out very much so that would probably be the perfect line for me to go under because 
as much as he's been striking guys out in the start, six per game, six for the first two is pretty good. But against a team that doesn't strike out, I really don't see him getting many tonight. So I, I really like that one. Yeah, that definitely comes in hot. And my second one is Kevin. Uh, you might criticize me here. Gaussman, right? Kevin Gaussman. Gaussman. Uh, I'm going his under six and a half, actually. It's a little bit higher than Blake's. Under six and a half, going up against the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, going up against the White Sox. Or, I'm sorry, going up against the White Sox because they without have uh, Tim Anderson Giolito on the mound. Yes, going up against the White Sox. Um, I was looking at Giolito's lines because they've been intriguing me as he's been the best pitcher in that rotation, like by a good margin. But then again, his fall off as well. Like, I don't know if it's doing with the baseballs, but these guys statistics, like I was looking on baseball reference because you could compare the years, obviously. So I had his season last season. And then I had obviously this season, even though it's a smaller sample size, I just feel like these baseballs are definitely making a difference in how some of these pitchers are playing their game. Like whether it's spin rate or, you know, just the amount of, uh, breaking balls in comparison to change-ups and fastballs. I just don't really like these guys that rely on a lot more of their um, fastball to win them games. So I'm going to go with Gossman in this case, under 6.5 Ks. We talked about the White Sox being a team that doesn't like to strike out that much. They're really just a bunch of slap hitters kind of throughout the lineup, and that's where it really intimidates me against a team like um, Toronto. Toronto is known to be those heavy hitters, strike out or home run they're kind of forming into the 2019 yankees a little bit with their uh their tactics on offense so i'm gonna hammer home gossman under six and a half k's that comes in at minus 140 yeah without tim anderson i really like that because um he, he's probably the one that i think strikes out the most on that team if i had to guess him or abreu but they don't strike out very much but unfortunately you brought up the balls and that made me think of the the Mets hitting coach Eric Eric Chavez said that the team thinks they use different balls for national TV games, and seeing the Mets play two national TV games this weekend, they are one thousand percent correct. I mean it's and it's embarrassing because the balls are you can tell they're completely different from what they play in on a Monday or a Tuesday. They were hitting the ball just as hard as they will on a Monday or a Tuesday, and it was going in the second deck. So I mean that's something that in baseball, that's the only sport you got to worry about the balls. I mean, I guess football had to worry about it one time, but so I just thought I'd vent on that one. But before uh, before we wrap up, I have uh, two more. Hit me. One I'll give one I'll give quick because it's pretty easy to explain. Um, <clears throat> Reds and Red Sox over eight and a half runs. The two pitchers tonight, Luis Castillo. He's been you know high ERA. Waka at any time he can blow up. So I've got a at Fenway Park over eight and a half. So probably a nine run, ten runs total for those two teams. That's pretty. Pretty simple, not a bad number, but the next one is the Giants and Phillies. So um, I don't know if anybody's seen what the Phillies have been doing lately, but it is not good. They are, when I say bad, they are bad. They are really tough to watch. Their bullpen, it's it's crazy. If they don't hit, their pitching sucks. If their pitching's great, they find hit. ways to lose games. Like it's yeah. really that. And it's if it, really if crazy. it's if it's their whole team playing well. Joe Girardi will find a way to lose yeah. them that game. It's really that bad. And I see Phillies fans complaining about it constantly. And oh I sit God. back, I laugh, and I, I just too. watch them rest and piss. <laughs> yeah. So for, uh, Sunday was the perfect example. Nick Castellanos, it's a three-run home run. They take a 5-4 five, five, lead. No. 4-3 lead. 
take a 4-3 lead. The first pitch Corey Knebel throws, their closer, Corey Knebel, gets hit by a rookie for his first career hit, and it's a home run. I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't a cheap home run either. It wasn't those Yankee Stadium Little League home runs. Thing went into the Coca-Cola corner. It was a deep home run. And then they go and lose in extra innings. Like those types of things that had a, that had the opportunity to be a comeback game. And oh my God, we just beat the first place team. We got we gained a game on them. Instead, you're going back home and you're like crap. And then yesterday they did the same thing. They blew a game in the ninth inning. So it they just they're really bad, which is why I'm picking the Giants. Uh, money line today at plus 116. Uh, today is Ranger Suarez against Jacob Junis. believe I got his first name right. And that that's a 645. I think the Giants are a pretty good team, pretty solid. They haven't been what they were last year, but they were never replicating that. They've been pretty solid. And it's more of the Phillies suck. So that's really Absolutely. Yeah, the we're hopping on, the, on that one. The Philly trash train. And uh, yeah, nah, they could just keep rotting over there. While the New York teams are thriving, we'll, we love to see some Philly hey, suffering. We, did, we didn't mention it. We got, we got a team four wins away from the Stanley Cup. Well, that is wins, true. That is very true. And honestly, honestly, we might have to start throwing in a couple plays for, for our Rangers, truthfully. Tomorrow. This is getting really, getting really shysty in these streets for the New York Rangers. Not only did they come out and win game seven, but they fucking dominated. They did. They was dominated. Tough. It was gorgeous hockey. I don't even, I'm a casual hockey fan, but just watching, I was like, wow, like these guys step, like I've never seen, I mean, in the NBA, basically, if you were to explain that in NBA terms, they came out and just, they it wasn't even a, yeah, it wasn't even much of a, a blowout in that case, but they just, they looked like they were winning the entire game. Yeah. All four quarters, the Rangers were winning that game on the road to dude. Like that's, it's incredible to me. Yeah, that was every every moment of that game. I I pretty much knew they were gonna win. I think it was like three minutes in they scored a goal and, and Carolina was done after that. But yeah, we'll, we'll probably have to tweet that out tomorrow. The uh, first game of the series, maybe we'll tweet a pick out on that one Absolutely. at MSG. I was I was at Penn Station on Saturday and and man, the Rangers jerseys I saw. I completely forgot the game was at MSG. We're on the train and I'm seeing all these Rangers jerseys. I'm like. Is there like a bar they're going on? I was like, I thought they're in Carolina. And then my friend's like, you do know the game's in MSG. I'm like, oh, crap. So New York was a lot busier on Saturday, and it was very fun. And happy to see that for for Ranger fans because they deserve it, honestly. New York fans do deserve this because come September, it's uh, or come November, I guess, it'll be uh, the Jets and Giants. So, Hey, well, hopefully at that same (laughs) time, though, we'll be having two playoff teams, two baseball teams playing together in the uh, – little Subway World Series. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, the Yankees will be celebrating an AL championship while the Mets will be having their World Series parade. You know what I mean. You know how I'm talking about. Oh, talking. Uh, all right. Well, on that note, <laughs> uh, we will catch you, I guess, for uh, for game Thanks, one, pr- Thursday, yes, prepping for the NBA Finals. Um, don't forget, follow us on social media at ML Madness Pod. We're going to be dropping picks, like Andy said, for the Rangers game. Any live bets we see, any more picks we have for the MLB tonight. And yeah, I think that's going to do it for episode 34. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It has been Moneyline Madness and take it easy. Peace. Go dogs.